The following is a sponsored program paid for by Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. Welcome to Rochester Real Estate, featuring Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Saturday. It's Andy Brownell along with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. Hi, Robin. Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing well. Finally, doing better. Glad um, to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all I've been seeing is doom and gloom headlines. Yeah, the everywhere rates, I the go. Rates, the rates. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll I'll tell you something good. The gas prices in Wabasha were down to three twenty nine a gallon. Whoa. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I always I always use that. Um, Price at the pump is an indicator of just what's going on. You know, it seems like when those gas prices start to go high, everything just starts to fall apart. But when yeah, they start a, to come down, everything just kind of evens out. I think it's a real... It'd be interesting to see if somebody's ever written a piece about that yeah. you know, psychology I mean, piece that yeah. when you see that sign and the gas price, it... It does. It just makes you want to fill up your car go. and go for a ride because you're getting a deal, <laughs> right? Well, speaking of the psychology piece, I came across a very interesting article this past week that said, can buyers overcome the psychological barrier of 8% rates? All right. So Same sort mortgage of thing, yeah. rates, Yeah. So let's face it. It's been 20-something years since the rates were this high, right? So... People are panicking. 30-year mortgage rates rose for six consecutive weeks to 6. Excuse me, to 7.63, according to Freddie Mac's weekly survey. And daily surveys are showing rates sitting right at about 8%. Okay. So what is that? <laughs> How does that affect people? Um so what is the guy, Ryan, somebody who does the selling million-dollar listings? You know, I, I clearly don't watch the the real estate TV shows about real estate. The was TV this? shows about real estate. No. I live it all day long. I don't go home and watch it. <laughs> but anyway, he did a TikTok that made so much sense because he sells million-dollar listings, right? So he, he made a point. He said, everybody's starting to freak out. They don't want to buy houses now. They want to wait till the rates go down. He said, I'm going to tell you right now. I have a $1.5 million listing that I know I can get you into for $1.3 million at 8%. Two years ago, when you could have gotten a, a loan for 3%, I could have gotten you into that same $1.5 million house for $2 million For $2 million. Because <laughs> the people were fighting over it and going crazy. And he says, this is the, this is the good news, guys. You can refinance now. Whatever price you paid after the closing, that's not going to be renegotiated. But if you negotiate a good price and then pay higher for interest, but then refinance when that comes down, you're sitting in a really good position. So, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say it is a fabulous time to be a buyer and to go buy a house. It really, truly is. Clearly, it might, you know, restrict the high, the amount of money you're going to be able to spend, 
Because with the higher rates, your monthly payments are going to sure, be higher. Sure, you to work your I budget mean, differently. It's just the way yeah. it is. But isn't that what I always focus on is what is your budget? How much can you afford to spend a month? Let's add up how much do you want to spend on your housing, whether that is an apartment or a mortgage payment. You know, how much can you spend on your utilities and your cable and your internet and your groceries, all those things. So if the price that you're looking to spend per month fits into your budget and we know what that is, we can find a house accordingly. And another thing is sometimes people get discouraged because they get their bank letter and say what they're approved for. And then they see that chunk, what that payment's going to be. And they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have that big of a house payment. Well, guess what? You Just because you're approved right. for 500000 doesn't mean you can't go buy a $350,000 house. So don't get too um, you know, fixated on that either. A it's, lot of people feel better about spending less than they literally get approved for. It's all relative, right? I mean, right. the, everything that we're talking about is people got it in their heads that you know, that 3% rate was so magical during COVID without also remembering the almost manic market where right. people were bidding up homes way beyond their actual value in order to take advantage of the low interest rate. Right. And, <laughs> so, you know, I think, and, and the thing is, is that everybody gets hung up on what happened then and that's over so we have to forget about it so sellers will get literally discouraged if they put their house on the market and within two weeks we aren't sold they're like oh it's taking forever i'm like forever i personally prepare sellers and tell them in this market a price in your our house in your price range is going to take on average 41 days or on average 63 days or on average 12 days or whatever it is, right? Yep. Just so we can be prepared going in. But even though, and I want people to really listen to this part, even though it's taking longer to sell houses, that doesn't equate to, oh, now the house has lost value and right. it's going to sell for less. No, it's just taking longer, the house is still worth what we're asking for it. Houses are still selling anywhere between 97 and 100% of the asking. I actually have one of my listings. It's just a gorgeous listing. I got an offer that was written by a you know very well-experienced agent, and it came in at like 87% of the purchase price. And I just told the agent, I will advise my sellers to not even counter this because it's ridiculous. I mean, put the facts together, explain, educate the buyers and explain that houses are still selling what they're for what they're worth. It's just taking longer to sell them. There's just few people out there willing to deal with these 8% interest rates. That's all that's happening. Are you running into that buyers who are coming in and assuming that they can Put in a low ball offer because of the interest rate. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. This this offer came in at like literally, well, I don't want to talk numbers, but it was like 87% sure. of the asking rate. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not how it happens. So I make sure that my team tells, I mean, we have the facts. We have all of the data and we tell them, listen, 
Houses are still selling for 97% of what they're listed for, 98%, 99%, some of them 102%, okay? Just depending on how well it was priced and what the competition is for that particular house right. at the time. But they're, we're not seeing houses selling for 10% less than their value just because the rates are high. No, because no. you're still dealing with a demand that exceeds supply. And if you're one of those people that are sitting out there and you're waiting for house prices to drop before you buy, I'll say this again. Prices are not going down. Prices continue to go up. Granted, they're going up at a slower pace. Thank God, or pretty soon <laughs> nobody would be able to afford a house. I mean, remember when we were talking about houses in like Scottsdale, Arizona, and Austin, Texas, going up by 33% year-over-year, 35% year-over-year. I mean, thank God we're not dealing with that. So, I mean, houses are still going up between, I think, on average, 35 to 5.5% per year in Rochester. So it's not like growing by leaps and bounds, but I'll tell you what, when those rates drop, those prices are going to just, again, Boom, go way up because for every 1%, remember, I'm going to see how good you listen, Andy. For every 1% that the interest rate drops, how many more buyers come back into the market? Oh, see, now you're testing me. One million. One million buyers nationwide come back into the market when the rates drop by 1%. And if you listen to the guys over at Rocket Mortgage, they honestly believe that by the end of 2024, rates are going to be all the way back down to like 4.5%. So add it up. That's another 4 million buyers. Yeah. And when we get um, just this pent up, you know, these pent up buyers that are just chomping at the bits, waiting in the wings like, okay, I want a house. I can afford a house. I'm pre-approved. But I want to wait till I get a better interest rate. Trust me when I tell you now is the time because you can always refinance. Don't wait until everybody else is back out there as well. And if you don't believe me, just talk to one of your friends or colleagues that was a buyer during that frenzy and ask them how much fun it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, it's one of those careful what you wish for things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If it you, can if be you, stressful. If you really want those rates to get back down there and then get back into the marketplace, you're going to be dealing with... You know, the 5, 6, 10, 12 offers per property, skyrocketing prices, the whole works. I was so excited this past week because um, I had some out-of-town buyers come in and we looked at some homes. And the one that they liked was very, very nice house, a split level, four bedroom, two bath, remodeled, nice backyard, very nice house. And it was, in my opinion, priced very well. And so they asked me what I thought of the price. And I said, I think the price is very, very good. I thought, I think the agent did a great job of pricing it. And here are the comps that I pulled. I can show you. And they said, okay. And they said, well, is it all right if we ask for closing costs? I go, well, you can ask for anything you want to ask for. You know, worst case scenario is they're going to say no, or maybe they're going to come back and say they'll pay half. So we asked for 3% closing costs, so now we're talking about offering 97% on what I considered a well-priced home. And sure enough, the seller agreed to it, 
And I think what happens is sellers are just sitting there and they think, oh my gosh, my house is never going to sell. And I didn't represent that particular seller, so I don't know what their motivation is. Sometimes they've taken a job out of state or maybe, you know, there's just different things that will make people more motivated, right? Um, But anyway, and then to top it off, our offer was contingent upon an inspection and we came up with like five inspection items, just safety items like smoke detectors and CO detectors and loose railings, missing handrail, no GFCI. I mean, nothing big ticket, you know. But again, it's nice to be back in a market where you can say, hey, this isn't quite right. This isn't safe. This isn't up to code. Can you please fix these things prior to closing at your expense? And yes, of course, they said they will do it. So again, perfect. Such a great time to be a buyer. Oh, really good time to be a buyer. You feel like you have some some say in what you're getting, and it's not all dictated to you like it was a couple of years ago. Sorry, no inspections. Sorry, uh, appraisal. You know, appraisal gaps. Even if the house doesn't appraise, you'll go thirty thousand over. You'll pay oh. out of pocket. Oh, I mean, all those kind of things. It was it was crazy and stressful, but. Oh, my God. Anyway. Who would ever want to go back to that? Oh, not my me. Gosh. Not me. Not well, me. Robin, we'll take a quick break, and we're going to come right back more with Robin Gwaltley, Gwaltley Group Remax Results, on News Talk 1340, KROC, AM, and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC, AM, and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Real Estate with Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group, Remax Results for our every day Saturday or every Saturday <laughs> chat about every the real estate I wish every day was Saturday. Wouldn't <laughs> that know. be awesome? It's on my mind, apparently. <laughs> Oh, dreamers. <laughs> uh, you know, going, what's frustrating to me about the psychological aspect to this is it is all based upon what you have known. And and you're talking about 20 years ago, it's been since rates were this high. And I remember the housing market 20 years ago. Oh, gosh. You and, and I both. And it was, it was on its way to upward very very strong upward movement as um we entered the mid 2000s it was it got a little crazy there in fact so mm-hmm. it's 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 a little weird that <laughs> that the perception is the way it is now when 8% really isn't all that high of an interest rate is what I'm trying well, to Well and at. people are people are really listening because I will tell you that and I mean, some of them aren't being just bullheaded. You know, some of them are like, well, geez, now we really can't fit this house into our budget because okay. for this price, for this payment, and we're paying more for gas and more for groceries and more for, go- I mean, everything has gotten very expensive, right? So some of them are really holding off because they just really can't swing it right now. So, you know, it will be nice for those folks when um, when things do, when the rates do come down, but Guess what? Rent isn't getting any cheaper. No, either. you're still paying somewhere. And when you're paying that, it's just out the window, just crazy out the window. So, you know, brighter days are ahead for sure. And it's going to be crazy again. And we're going to be sitting here saying, oh, wasn't it just that 
just last year we were saying how it was things were slow. Like I have an article here. This one was uh, published October 19th. So it's a couple days old, but you know, the headline is 2023 housing market projected to have the fewest number of sales since 2008. Well, oh. we all know what <laughs> happened in 2008, right? I mean, it was bad. So Redfin estimated that there will only be roughly 4.1 million sales of existing homes across the nation by the year's end due to the high mortgage rates now hovering at, you know, 8%, right? And low inventory is scaring buyers away. So let's talk about that. We can fix this by people just saying, let's just keep moving, keep pushing on. We're going to put our house on the market. We'll prepare accordingly. It might be that we'll take two months to sell instead of two days or two weeks, but we'll plan accordingly. And let's make sure we price it right and have it in great condition so we can still get top dollar for our house. And let's just continue on with life and make that move that we wanted to make because people are still getting married. People are still getting divorced. There are still deaths. There are still growing families. There are still people needing to be closer to parents. There are still grandparents needing to be closer to grandkids. Life still happens. So I think if we can just get past that whole psychological part of it, like you say, then people will continue to put their houses on the market. And then guess what? We won't have the biggest, the this big shortage. And then people will start buying again and it'll just start keeping to go. So I feel very good. I mean, I've talked to a lot of agents who are down 30% year over year, which that's a, that's a big chunk. It is. Um, as of uh, Friday, so yesterday, our numbers are down for our team 11% year over year. So um, we're still down, but we're still selling a lot of houses. You know, it, it hasn't changed our position in the market. We're still selling more than any other team. We're still the number one um, real estate group in Southeast Minnesota, but it's just to show that everybody's down, right? It's just fewer houses being sold, period. A lot of it is because there's just a fewer houses being offered for sale. Right. And we always are one of the big players when it comes to inventory and houses on the market. And boy, our our inventory is getting pretty slim as well. So I'm pleading with you, if you are listening right now and even contemplating selling your house, please call me and let me come over and talk to you and tell you what we could get for it, what that process would look like, because we need houses to sell. So when you talk to the buyers who are out there now, what are the features that they're looking for? What what are, what are the things that People love their really... pets. People love their pets. I will get a lot of people that will say, I need a yard that is already fenced, preferably, oh. or one that can be fenced if it's not already fenced. So there are some really nice neighborhoods in town with some high-end homes. Like, I just had one. It's sold now, but I talked about it a while back on Scenic Park up in Scenic Oaks. Yes. And for whatever reason, that developer thought it would be a good idea to have no fences. To put it and in the covenant? In the covenants. Uh. And I think we had probably, and I'm not exaggerating, probably six buyers that would have bought that house if they would have been allowed to have um, a fenced backyard. 
And a couple of them was because of their small kids. A couple was because of their kids and dogs. And two of them wanted um, a pool and they wanted a privacy fence and they're outlawed. So that just kind of handcuffs you. So I'm hoping that some of these new developments, because they're popping up, you know, all around town, getting ready for when those floodgates open and those buyers come out in full forces by 2025. Um, I'm hoping that some of them will be thinking real reality and how families are living and that people just want fences. I've run into that with people who are from either coast, either east or west coast, and they come here and they say, where are the fences? Right. Well, you go to um, Arizona and you can't even see from one neighbor to the next because it's all those big six-foot concrete walls, oh, right? Sure. <laughs> it's just everybody has their own little backyard, completely private from the next guy. And I don't know, there's something to be said for that because you don't, you know, sometimes you get really great neighbors, but then what they do is they all kind of hover out in front. Like I have friends that lived there, and when our kids were little, we always would go trick-or-treating there. And it was fun because all the one year the moms would take all the kids and the dads would give out the candy, and then the next year they would switch roles, right? But all the dads or moms would sit in their garages with the garage door open with their candy, and and like that's kind of how they greeted and gathered. And she said, our friends said they do that a lot. They all just kind of sit out in their front yards with their garage doors up or their fire pit on the sidewalk when they feel like being social, but then when they want the privacy, they have that in their backyard. Sure. So that's one thing. Okay. Another thing, and this will this will resonate with you, Andy, a lot of people are very into what they have for garage space. Sure. And it's not just for their cars, but it's for their stuff, you know, for their kids' bikes or for their four-wheeler or for their snowmobile or their boat or whatever stuff they have. So people do like garage space. And another thing that I find, we're seeing more and more slab-on-grade homes being built here. That used to, when I started selling real estate 23 years ago, the only time you would see it would be in townhome situations. But now you're seeing single-family homes, quite expensive ones, built that way. And the concern that comes up with some buyers is, where do I go in a storm? Because in a townhome association, they usually have a storm shelter or a place to go. But um, if it's your single family home, then I guess you go to your inside most room. Yeah, that bathroom the in the tub yeah. or under by the stairs. Well, there's no stairs, but that inside yeah. hallway. Yeah. Correct. Interesting. Uh, we have to take a break. My goodness. Time is flying All by. All right. We're chatting with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results, and we'll continue in a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Real Estate with Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. With myself, Andy Brownell, this morning. And, you know, Robin, you mentioned when we were talking about um, getting into the market that people are obviously facing rising rents, and actually rents are rising at a rate that I find 
a little bit terrifying if I was a renter. <laughs> Rochester, Rochester, honestly, has some of the highest rents in the state. I believe it. I mean, we're really comparable to the Twin Cities, which is kind of crazy because I don't think our, you know, our incomes are as far as like the. You know, you know how service is. industry jobs. Yeah, we have that skewed income where we have mm-hmm. the super high earners. Yeah, yeah, with, exactly. You know, the, exactly. the medical doctors, and then we have the total other end of the spectrum as well. So um, I have. Let me just tell you a few things. I have a little graph here about the difference between renting and buying. So if you if you are one of those people and you're saying, "Gosh, am I better off just renting a couple more years and waiting for the rates to go down?" You already know how I feel about it, but I'll read you some some data. When you rent, your monthly payment generally will go up each time you sign a new lease. Agreed? Yes. And when you buy, as long as you have a fixed rate, your payment is going to stay the same. Unless, of course, you refinance when the rates go down and then you lower your payment. But uh, chances are your payment is not going up unless you haven't put, like if you're escrowing and you haven't put sure. the right amount in there or something like that. Um, the biggest reason, and this is the thing that you hear me harping about all the time, I always say your house is the bank account that you live in, right? So when you own, you have that tangible asset. When you rent, you get nothing in return for your investment. It's just simply you pay, you stay. It's like being in a hotel room, right? But when you buy, as the prices go up, you're building equity and you're building wealth in your home. And, you know, how many times have I told you that the majority of people I work with are taking that home that's paid off when they're getting near retirement and saying, this is our nest egg. I mean, the majority of our wealth is right here in this house. So it becomes a really important financial tool for people. And then again, you know, when it comes back to growing the wealth, you know, as you build that equity through the years, you're giving your net worth a big boost. But if you're renting, guess what? You're not saving any money because no. you're just paying down on that rent payment and even the people who don't have extra money to put into a savings account when they own a home, making your mortgage payment is the same thing as depositing into a savings account, which is why I say that house becomes the bank account you live in because truly you are building your wealth as you're paying down the debt because once you own it, it's yours, and now you've got a great big savings account. You would be really interesting to do. I imagine somebody's done it, but I haven't seen it before. That if you took... What you're paying for your mortgage payment with interest, and then subtracted out what in your community would be considered average rent for what you need right. for the space to live. Right. And then take and extrapolate how much how much wealth you gained. Right. And you know what else? You're probably living much more comfortably because no one's telling you if you can have pets. No one's telling you, you know, what all the things that you're being controlled, what you can plant, if you can plant anything in front, shrubs, flowers, bushes. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you don't get to do when you're a renter 
sometimes you don't even get to do when you're in an HOA, but when you own your home, you have that freedom and you're typically getting more space. I can tell you this. Oh, if, yeah. you have, <laughs> if you have a, if you have a $2,000 a month house payment versus a $2,000 a month rent payment, you're getting more space, just, you know, better quality of life for the money yep. besides building the wealth. And usually when you have the house, you also have a yard of one size or another. It could be small or it could be large, but you do have that green space that's your green space. Correct. That's your space. And that's big. It is. It is. It's huge. And people realize that even the people who start out thinking, oh, renting is for me. I won't have to worry about maintenance. I won't have to worry about space, uh, about yard care. I won't have to worry about all those things. After a certain amount of time, they'll call and say, okay, renting is not for me. I need my space. I, you know. So things <laughs> I change I want to do some time. gardening. I want, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, that's that's life, right? It is. As you go through life and you get to different stages, your needs change. So uh, speaking of which, I was talking about Arizona earlier, and I am super excited because I will be leaving later today and going to Arizona. So next week I will do this show from Arizona and maybe I'll ah. talk about what I see out there in the real estate market. I'd be interested. I'd be interested to see how well, hot it I is. Hope it's so. slow, and I'm hoping it's slowing down a little bit because, you know, I've been looking at properties. I'd love to have a home there. I don't want to move there. I never want to move anywhere. I want to stay right where I live. I love it here. But I'd like to have a place, so if I want to go back and forth more frequently, I don't have to haul everything. You can leave stuff, and, you know, <laughs> it's just easier, right? I'd like something that's practical that I could rent out when I'm not there. I'm not looking to just have a house that sits empty until I come. That's that's not where I'm at in life. But anyway, okay. I've been well wanting this for a while, but the prices have been so crazy. So I'm hoping that in that market, things have slowed down. So I'm going to check it out when I'm there. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to your From your the report. Scene Live report. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, okay. Robin. Well, safe travels, and Thanks. we'll look forward to talking to you uh, next weekend. All right. Sounds great. That's Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group Remax Results here at News Talk 1340. K-R-O-C-A-M and 96.9 FM.